You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. I'm Christian Babcock, the host of the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. And what we do on the podcast is we talk to disruptive companies in the outdoor industry, talk about innovative hunting solutions that are changing the landscape, as well as offer you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. All in all, I just want to help you become a better hunter by providing you with high-quality knowledge and information that you can trust. Stay tuned. This week on the podcast, we're sitting down with a representative from Bear Archery. Yes, the legendary archery company founded by Fred Bear himself, um, the one whose slogan is Walk Among Legends. But anyways, you're going to get more into who Bear Archery is, where they where they came from, and where they're going into in more in depth in the podcast, but I just wanted to come to you guys real quick and give you a promo code. I feel like podcast listeners always love promo codes. Uh, if you like any of the following brands, I have a promo code that is HAP15. It'll get you 15% off from the following brands. Bear Archery, Trophy Ridge, Fletcher Archery, Sick Broadheads, Rocket Broadheads, and Cajun Bowfishing. Just use code hap 15 at checkout and receive 15% off. One thing I wanted to clarify is that Bear Archery does not sell their compound bows online. They sell those only in shops uh, like Bass Pro Cabela's, your local pro shop, stuff like that. But any of the other crossbows, traditional bows, broadheads, trophy ridge accessories, um, Fletcher releases, anything like that, you can get a a discount on by using code HAP15 at checkout for 15% off. Anyways, guys, let's get into this episode of the podcast. This week on the podcast, I'm joined by Jack Borcherding. Um, so, Jack, why don't you just start off by giving the listener uh, just a little bit of context into who you are and what you do at Bear and all these other brands that you work for. Right. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be on the podcast today, and I really am fortunate to be where I'm at at a, a pretty young age. And I am the marketing manager at Bear Archery, um, which Bear Archery, you know, is a um, conglomerate, I guess you could say, that has, you know, X number of brands all within the archery industry um, underneath our belt. So we have a bunch of different brands, Bear being the number one, which includes compound bows, crossbows, traditional bows. Um, and some other things within that. Then we go into our compound bow accessory line, which is Trophy Ridge. We have a release line, which is Fletcher Archery, um, True Peep, um, which are, you know, compound bow peeps are in there as well. And Sick, which is a brand new broadhead brand that we just brought to market in the past year, which is Sick Broadheads. Um, Rocket Broadheads, the legendary Rocket brand, and then Cajun Bow Fishing. So to round it out, I pretty much have the market tapped for archery within just, I guess, arrows is the only thing that we really don't have or sell. So marketing manager across all of those brands and, you know, really tie into a lot of things that we do on the promotional side of Bear, development of product, working with the product development team and engineers, and then within our social realms as well. Um, One other thing that I have on my belt is all of our pro staff team across all of those brands I handle um, as well. Man, that's a lot of, you wear a lot of hats, my friend. (laughs) 
I do. This is not just a hat rack. That's for sure. <laughs> Some cool. people would say that, but right. <laughs> so what, uh, what got you interested in working in, in the outdoor industry? How did that, uh, progression, what did that look like? Oh man. Well, when I was really young, um, I was pretty much a bird dog for my dad um, back when there was a, a quail population in in Missouri. And mm-hmm. I would pretty much go out and I just got fixed on the outdoors, hunting and fishing, you know, at a very young age, you know, shot my first turkey when I was like seven or something, you know, with my dad. And uh, I, I was hooked. Like I knew I wanted to be outdoors. And one thing that really like transitioned me into not just you know doing it casually on the side on the weekends and stuff i i would go on all these cool hunts when i when i got old enough to go by myself and i would tell people about them and i'm like why am i telling people about these we have the technology now to show them you know so i'd be stealing my parents and dads and mom's video camera and i would go out there and i would try to capture whatever i could about my hunt or my adventure and then I'd bring it back and I'd show my family and, you know, they'd laugh at me and all this stuff because at that time, all I saw was this huge craze of hunting on TV, you know? So I'd like want to be like, you know, David Blanton or I'd want to be like Jim Shockey or I'd want to be like those things. And, and I was like, this is what it is. And, you know, they, they laugh a little bit or whatever, but then they get back to the root of it and they're like, man, that was really cool. I'm glad you could share that with me. So that's what really got me into video. And, and I, I've always said, you know, if you work or do what you like to do while you're working, you'll never work a day in your life. And I really don't feel like I am working um, because I, I get to do things like this, hop on a podcast with you. I get to talk about product. I get to, you know, shoot bows, work with pro staffers and all these different things. And it has really just been a complete fruition from when I've started and found out that I had a love for the outdoors till now living in the outdoor industry. Yeah. Do you think that, that working in the outdoor industry, being immersed with it uh, pretty much constantly, do you think that's diluted your passion for it at all? Or has it only grown it? I think some of the work side of stuff, you know, where it's like, you know, you get into oh budgets and things that really have to be progressive um, and what they are. I think that it does bring it down here or there. But a lot of times I will set like a weekend aside and I'll be like, you know what? I'm not taking my phone. I'm not taking my camera. I'm not taking anything. I'm getting back into the outdoors to just enrich my soul, I guess, as kind of Fred Bear would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and And just be in it and let it overtake me and like that right there replenishes me back to where i was you know at an early age and i'm sorry but when a big buck walks in front of my stand i'm not thinking about anything else you know and it's that moment that you're like yes this is why i do it right yeah so yes and no if that's an answer yeah, no, that's that makes complete sense. I, I just always, I always like to ask because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would love to eventually uh, do something um, as far as in the outdoor industry. Right now, I'm doing product marketing at a you know a tech company, and it's like, man, this is right. really interesting. Um, you enjoy it, but 
man, when all you're thinking about is is stuff that's not in the office, it's like, you know, it's it makes it tough sometimes. So I just I always like to ask, get the perspective yeah. of someone that's actually actually doing it at the moment. Right. Yeah. So just getting into bear, what what do you think makes bear archery different from most most archery companies? A simple two word answer, Fred Bear. <laughs> and what do you what do you mean by that? What <laughs> so I we all just give a little context into you know maybe who yeah. Fred Bear is for someone that's listening and um yeah. You know, I mean, most people know the name, right? I mean, most people hear Fred Bear, they know Bear. We hear things all the time of like, my first bow was a bear bow. You know, oh, you know, Fred Bear was an amazing guy and he did, you know, wonderful, crazy things and was a first of many. And and it's like, yeah, he, he was. He did a lot of things, but he did so much more than that. I mean, he paved the way for the way the TV industry is now. I mean, he was like going out and capturing these hunts when nobody else was doing that. You know, he was getting he was getting people of other types of industries, you know, like outdoor travel places to pay for his hunting adventures so he could advertise his bows. It's like it's crazy to think about it. Um, One thing I was reading the other day, I was reading a, a catalog from like 1976 and when content marketing the term was not even really around fred bear was doing it in all of his catalogs i was reading a a part of the end of this catalog and he goes into you know how to sharpen the blade of a broadhead you know and obviously at that time broadheads were things that you resharpened and were made to to use but he he knew the fact of how important content was in educating the customer and at 76 when there was no real coin term content marketing. And so like, I think about those things all the time, but you know, Fred bear and who he is being the legend, our outdoor industry, our bow hunting industry would not be where it is if it wasn't for him. And I don't think anybody in the industry would question that either. If you, even if you went to a competitor, they'd be like, yes, Fred bear, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's no question. Yeah. So, so go ahead. Sorry. I was just, I was just saying, just going to end it up in like, so when we think about things here at Bear, we think about what Fred would have done. You know, even though he's not here today, his like aura, his, you know, mentality and everything that we do, we still think about, we still want to bring that into all of our products that we bring to market for the consumer. Yeah, that's that was my next question for you is do you think that do you think that Fred Bear's legacy, you know, his life is like still really ingrained in the culture at Bear and and it seems to be that you guys do. Oh yeah, it is. I mean, 100% uh, I would say it's it's so much more ingrained to the traditional customer in what we do in the traditional product just because honestly those techniques that he used when he first started to what we're using now are exactly the same right i mean the same presses that we used back in you know the 1960s and 1970s are the same presses we're using today so really not much has changed there because we have we are and you know it's like if it's not broke don't fix it right and i mean those things aren't broke and it it continues to grow um you know, the compound bow side of things, you know, Fred started doing that. And, you know, we take that 
on top and it's just the technology keeps going. So really it's not necessarily that the products, you know, tie back to Fred, but the way that we market them, the way that we think about how we're going to bring this to the consumer is where we always keep Fred bear in mind. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a, that's a cool tribute. I'm glad that you guys still have that ingrained in your culture. You know, he's the, the father of, of bow hunting is what I would say. All right. So, what um getting down into the maybe the the technology behind some of the bear products what do you right. think uh what do you think is different or unique about um you know say a bear compound bow versus um any other bow oh man i what i think is is tough is that a person looks at price now as a negative factor in a bow and one thing that fred bear wanted to always do is make sure that bow hunting was accessible to every person right Mm -hmm. and to me that means okay it's close to you in a close proximity and the fact that you can go and readily get it regardless of price or value and then the next one is really value what do you have to spend on a bow okay I'm going to make it accessible to you. And so, I mean, while I would say, you know, our bows don't cost them the most or are the highest dollar value, they have the technology that competes with every other bow company out there at an affordable, accessible price, regardless of where you want to start, your, you know, level, novice, intermediate, advanced, you know, like it's there. Um, and I think that's where I like to go with people who are, you know, first starting out and in the middle and at the top end, because we offer a product for all of them across almost all of our lines, you know, so the biggest answer is our product being made at an extremely technical engineered and high level of performance at the price that people can afford based on what they can do and what they're accessible to. Yeah. I think that's awesome. One of the things that I just like to kind of tip my hat to you guys is the cruiser light, your, your youth, um, bow right. man, you, you could go to Walmart and that bows in there. Like there, that bow is absolutely everywhere. And it's honestly for someone that is maybe young or just getting started in archery or, anything I, I that's the bow that i recommend just because i think it's like i, I think it's like 349 dollars or something like that but yeah it's it is around there yeah it's you know really inexpensive and it's really not a bad shooting bow at all and i think it's a great bow to get started with so i think that's awesome that you guys are kind of capturing all of those price points right I, and i think really just it, it goes down to like anybody can pick up that bow and shoot it like i mean my wife has shot that bow before, you know, a small framed person, you know, that needs a very light bow, they can pick up that bow and, and shoot it. But I can go and be like, you know what, if I really just, if we just want to go on a trip and bring one bow and we want to shoot something, you know, at a range somewhere when we're on vacation, we can, because I can shoot 29, you know, a 27 inch draw if I really want to and still have fun. Right. And so, but at the same time, she can, you know, have her 27 inch draw and have it kind of maxed out and we can take it out hunting. 
you know, so it's it's like a wow, that bow is is awesome. So and it's it's like that in the in the number of bows that we have, you know, depending on your price point and and what you need it to com- to accomplish for for you. Mm-hmm. So what I'm just a little curious. What's the strategy behind not selling um, the compounds online, and is it it's just in stores? Why is that? Well, um, I mean, I I think it's not a matter of like if or why. Um, we have a big dealer base that is a good number of business, and we we feel that the dealers have the expertise, the knowledge to set up these bows correctly, you mm-hmm. know, more and more people are going and setting up their own bow and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but if, if a person doesn't have all the answers and they want to be sure that it is set up by a known professional, then the dealer is the way to go. And we always encourage that, right? I mean, buy your bow at a dealer, get it tuned there, set up for you and then hunt with it. If something happens, take it back to that dealer and they're going to know how to fix it. Right. Uh, So I think that's the biggest reason that we don't sell them online is we want people to understand that these are, while they're really fun things to do, they're tools for the hunting aspect. And it's got to be tuned. It's got to be right for you to be effective with it. So, yeah, if you don't have the knowledge then take it to a local shop and we want those sales to, to be there. Um, but I mean, and and it's not, it's not that we won't or, um, haven't thought about putting them online. It's just, I don't know if they're, you know, we've, we've come out with a package yet that is 100% user friendly to where they don't have to do anything to get it right to them. I mean, every person, is individual is an individual right i mean they're they're special in their own that's the way god made us so something's got to change between me and you and that's what has to change on the bow too so somebody's got to do that yeah no i think that's wise i'm just curious because i mean that's that's a good point because i mean often i know even myself i would get a a hand-me-down bow or buy one from walmart and like this is when i was like 11 or 12 years old so i was obviously really stupid and like um i'd go home and mess with stuff and like move the move the rest and like shoot a shoot a my gosh man my house in town one year i probably had 12 arrows in the fence and like i had cracked so (laughs) many pieces of that fence and and it's just me messing with the side i don't know i didn't know to chase the arrow i didn't know to you have to actually have your bow paper tune. Like my arrow is probably coming out sideways and I didn't, I didn't know anything like that. And that can be frustrating, especially when you're just now getting into archery. So right. I think it's cool that you guys are, you know, promoting the dealers and it's great for business and the dealers and the dealers, you know, they can obviously help someone, especially people that are just now getting started in archery. Right. And I mean, there's, there's a lot more information out there with YouTube and just, you know, searching the web now than there ever has been. So I'm not saying like that it can't happen because we we've made a lot of our bows like the cruiser G2 and the cruiser light to where they're extremely adjustable, right? I mean, the weight poundage is adjustable. The draw lengths are adjustable. Almost everything on the bow is adjustable in the sense that with an Allen wrench or a, a simple screwdriver, you can set up that bow to you if you know what you're doing, 
right? And we want to give people those tools within those bows. You know, when you get into like the hot rods in our, you know, dealer only line with Legend Series and like the Kuma 30 and Perception, you do a little thing, it goes a long way. And you just want to make sure that you're doing the right thing else. There's a lot that can happen there. Yeah. Now it's so. nice to have those those models, but man, it's something that I will never that I haven't got yet that a dealer will always have is a bow press. And if I had a bow press, I could do everything at home. But right. man, I find myself driving to the shop quite a bit just to, to to tweak things that I just can't do at home. Right. Right. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to talk about and I think is unique to Ural's bows is mm-hmm. the double it's a double string stopper one on top above the, on the riser on the top of the site and then one below the side now most mm-hmm. bows have traditionally just one and I'm wondering what the idea was behind the two well I don't I, I don't know the history of when they started um, doing that I want to say it goes back into like the 2012 2013 lines that they came out with um, which is like a, a carnage, which was a really well-performing bow um, for us, I guess, as far as sales go. But we do it in some bows. We do it. We don't do it in others. Um, you know, you look at like the whole line of bear bows from Legend Series to our, you know, just everyday bows you could get at a Bass Pro Cabela's, you know, big box store. Some have two string stops. Some have one. So. We're trying to get to where that point is like, okay, is it completely beneficial? Obviously, it reduces vibration and dampens noise in the string um, and, and, you know, transfers energy to the riser in different ways. Uh, And and that's why we had put two on there. Um, If we get the bow, and I'm speaking for the engineers, which I'm not quite sure if I should or not because they (laughs) know way more than me. Yeah. if we get the bow efficient enough to the point where we only need one string stop, then why put another one on there? It goes back to the accessibility of the bow. I mean, you look at uh, a bow in our line, the Divergent, it doesn't have two string stops. Um, if it had two string stops and had a bunch of other things, I don't know if we would be able to sell it for the amazing six ninety nine price that we have on it. You know, just because that's the world we live in um with how a bow is is made um and how we bring it to market so uh short answer depends on the bow model and Mm -hmm. the price that we want to bring it to market if we have it but it's an engineering feature that we use to you know reduce vibration yeah. Now I'm just I'm just curious because I haven't I haven't been able to shoot one with, that has the dual string stop and I'm like, man. Uh-huh. Like and if you watch a slow motion video of someone shooting their bow, you see how much a string actually rattles and even with a string stop. And so I was like, man, I wonder if if two actually really helps with that or not. So mm-hmm. I mean, do you do you shoot one of the bows that has that has two? I shoot I shoot one I shoot the Kuma 30 um right now and I I don't know and you know, we're, we're talking about things that, you know, a machine can pick up versus us pick it up, you know, when we hear it or when we feel right. it in the bow. If you're really not looking for it, you really won't feel it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I have a Kuma, normal Kuma from a year ago that I shoot that has dual string stops. And, you know, I really like that bow. I really like the Kuma 30 who has dual string stops. But one bow I used last year when I really started hunting um, – you know, when I started at bear and, and started using a bare bow again, 
I use the divergent and I don't know if I necessarily noticed a crazy difference that you'd be able to feel if you were out in the woods hunting or just practicing in the backyard. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's some things that you can feel where, you know, you notice that there's more energy up in the top of the string, you know, with the single stop and it wants to, you know, jump forward a little bit on the bottom, you know, because that energy is being transferred, you know, where in the Kuma 30, I don't necessarily feel that because energy is being displaced from that string through to the riser at two points. So it's equal. So you don't necessarily feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I wonder, man, I'm always interested to, to wonder what kind of impact something like that would have on maybe a deer, you know, or an elk or something like, cause I mean, we're talking like milliseconds, you know, if they hear the, oh, yeah. if they hear the shot, you know, when it's halfway there, it might be too late, but a lot of times, man, they can hear it, you know, boom. And it's like, okay, I'm gone. And so, you know, stuff like that, little things make impact, big impacts. And it's hard to measure those things, I think, you know, because you, I don't think we fully understand the science behind mm-hmm. how good they hear or when they hear, or, you know, if they're alert and all that stuff. But no, I think it's cool that you guys are doing that on some models. And I'd really like to shoot one that has the dual string stop. So I'm, I might have to yeah. do that. We can make that happen for you, I'm sure. Cool. So one thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, uh, throughout the archery industry is a lot of trade shows, you know, ATA, SHOT Show, a lot of stuff like that, um, NWTF. Where is is bear at these shows? And if someone wanted to come come check them out there, could they actually come and shoot a bear bow? You know, obviously ATA being more of the, the dealer base and more of an exclusive look at it, ATA is our biggest show, right? I mean, in January... All of the biggest names and brands in archery will be at the ATA show. Yeah, we'll be there. Um, as far as like consumer shows where people could go and, and see it, we have really stepped our game up to try to get to those. We want people to shoot bare bows, and we feel that that's the biggest thing that is kind of stopping us from being the number one bow brand in archery is the accessibility to people to just shoot it because Mm -hmm. I feel sometimes people, you know, they're only shooting a competitor because the competitor is in more places than, than we are. And, you know, we've done some things on our sales side where we've brought all of our sales reps in house. So they are dedicated to our brand so that they can push archery when before that wasn't, that's an unheard unheard of thing in the market you know everybody now uses a rep group and you know they uses they use them to do it we we took that in-house so that we could have people dedicated to pushing our bows and our products into archery shops so that we can be more accessible to the customer because so much of it is just that we need them to pick up our bow and understand it is just as good as the competitor at a great price that is accessible to anybody. Mm-hmm. No, I, th- I think that's cool. The, I mean, I just asked because, uh, you know, a lot of these little mom and, and pop shops that are, you know, they got 15 or 20 bows when you come in they're right. You know, a lot of them aren't, aren't carrying bear archery and, and maybe they should, or maybe they shouldn't. I'm not sure on that, but it's, uh, like I said, you said getting it in someone's hand is the is the biggest deal, right? And I've seen that with mm-hmm. a lot of different companies, man. There's a lot, a few coming up, Expedition, Obsession, 
and I, you know, they're just not in shops, right? So, you know, they might be a great bow, but you, you have absolutely no idea if they're not in the shop when you go shoot them. Cause when someone's coming in and making a purchase decision, mm-hmm. if it's not there, that's what, that's not what they're going home with. Cause I, I know myself, I'm greedy. And so if I go buy to, I go, <laughs> if I go to buy a bow and the one I want's not there, I'm bringing something home, you know, I'm bringing, oh, you yeah. know, the next best thing. So yeah, that's cool, man. I'm glad you guys are doing that. Right, and one thing that makes us even more accessible than some of those other brands, uh, competitor brands out there, is that we're everywhere, right? I mean, you said it yourself. You can find a bear bow at Walmart. While it might not be the top of the line bow, but it's going to be a darn good price. It's going to shoot good, be tunable, but you're going to be able to find it, and it's going to be accessible to you, right? I mean, we, we not only are we at dealers, we're at you know, we're at big box stores, you know, Academy, Cabela's, Bass Pro, uh, Sportsman's Warehouse, you know, all these different places that make us, I don't, I, I don't know if it makes us more accessible to a person or, or not, but it, I feel like it, it, it does because you can go over there and have, go over to your local Bass Pro, Cabela's, Academy, whatever, and have the same, um, engineered you know performance out of a bare bow wherever you are and you can and you can get it so it's really just a a matter of a person getting in there and and trying it you know so if a person's like i don't have a local dealer that carries bear where's your local bass pro or cabela's because they're across the u.s 160 some odd stores or whatever there's Mm got to be one within an hour you can get to so Go there. There's gonna be a bare bow on the shelf. I can guarantee it. I see the POs. So yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, and there's gonna be a wide range of varieties, right? I mean, you've got a high end bow at a great price in the Divergent, and I know it's on their shelves. Then you've got Approach, you know, which is a solo cam bow that shoots really well at a great price. The Cruiser G2 is everywhere. Um, so you really, I, I want to say. Now that I'm really thinking about it and speaking it out, we're pretty darn accessible mm-hmm. as yeah. a consumer. I think so. And, you know, one thing that I've noticed, especially with Walmart, is, man, every year there's you, – you can't count on anything that's going to be there. When you go into the archery, you know, shop, you know, the broadhead that you bought last year is not there. The arrows True. that you got aren't there. The knocks aren't there. But one thing has remained constant for the past four or five years when I've been, you know, buying stuff from Walmart. I buy broadheads from Walmart all the time, but, mm-hmm. um, that bear bow is there every time. And there's, there's two or three of them on the shelf there every time. And like, I've, I've seen people buy them, you know, the hunting public went and bought one, you know, the hunting public is a big YouTube channel. They went and bought one and used one and showed people that you could kill a, I don't know if you've seen that video, but they oh, went yeah. and showed people that you can get a you can get a bow from Walmart and you can easily kill deer and stuff with it. So yeah, that's oh, yeah. you guys have remained really really constant in that. So that's a that's really cool. Yeah, I'm, we're big uh, we're a big proponent of just that accessibility and being to everywhere. While it may not meet the need of of one customer, but it may meet the need of a person who's like, I just want to try it out. I don't want to spend a ton of money on it, and you know that's an option for them. Um, you know, we, we do still want those people to realize, you know, there's things that, you know, Walmart, you know, does that's different than a dealer. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, it's really just that. So when we send those bows 
to you know to Walmart or whatever, there's always this you know who can get it, how does it get there, and there's it's tough, but we still want people to try it, and we know that those are gonna those first sales at a Walmart are gonna transition and get them into a dealer down the road because if they really like it, there's only one way to go and that's up, and the only place that you can get you know the higher performance is at either a specialized big box outdoor store or going straight to the dealer and being immersed in the archery world, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a cool, that's a cool strategy too, because you really take them through a different, different purchasing journey of, and you're building brand loyalty as they start out with, you know, your, your lowest model and they might be shooting, you know, your $700 bow in a couple of years. I know that's a natural progression for most people when you get right. speed and when you've shot a nice bow, it's like, you know, you see it, it's a joke that everyone makes, like everyone gets a new bow every year, but people really do, like a lot of people do, you know. Oh, right. I mean, and that, that the bow that they had, they first started with is probably still on their shelves. They could still shoot it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I have bows that I got when I was really young. I could still really shoot them. They would shoot okay. They would kill a deer. It's just a, man, the next thing and the performance out of it. It's easier to shoot. It's so fast. It's so quiet. I mean, we've got these bows tuned up to where they're, you know, they're hot rods, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty cool where, where it's come. Maybe we could touch on that for a minute. Uh, what does your top of the line bow look like? I know there's going to be a lot of people listening probably that are, you know, speed freaks or they want, you know, the best you can buy from a brand. So what is your, what's the top of your stack look like and, and what does a performance look like on those? So I'll kind of, I'll skip over one that is like a crazy performance, but it's kind of limited, which is our perception, which it's our high, it's our fastest bow, most engineered, highest performance bow in our line, but it's limited. So you're probably not going to see it unless you request it or have your dealer buy it for you. But if you're a top of the line guy, that bow is unlike any other bow out there, 350 feet per second, 4.3 pounds, um, you know, good let off at 75%, uh, 33 inches axle to axle, but you got to go online to look at it because the design of the riser and the bow itself is what makes it. It's a shoot through style bow that is a first to market for bow hunting, you know, that is a technology that's used in target shooting for as long as can be because it's so efficient in how it transfers energy um, and flex across the limbs through the riser. And it's just more accurate. Anytime you can get that, but that arrow closer to center of mass, it's going to be more accurate. It's going to shoot straighter. So that's the highest performance bow, but I would say um, it, it's a little limited in the sense, because when we do that, it is a lot longer process to make that bow. So it, it becomes a little bit less accessible. But I would say the, the probably most accessible bow that is the highest performance in our line is the Kuma 30. The Kuma 30 is a branch off of our Kuma line that we introduced um, a year or two ago. And it is extreme performance um, up to 345 feet per second and we have a couple different versions of the bow with the same type of technology in it that no performance is sacrificed. So if you want, if you've got a longer draw and you're a, you're a bigger guy with longer arms 
and you need a longer draw, we've got the Kuma LD, which is uh, allows that draw length to get out to right at 32 inches, which <clears throat> is, is really long. But then we have a Kuma, which is a, <clears throat> a longer axle-to-axle -axle bow that is right at 33 inches, axle-to-axle, -axle, same performance, 345 feet per second, great shooting bow. Like you talked about, it's got the dual string suppressors, a roller guard, um, bear cage technology, and the riser to transfer that energy the right way and, and reduce some weight. You know, we offer multiple grips with the, these bows um, <clears throat> as well. And then in, to finish out that whole Kuma line, we have the Kuma 30, which takes the, the longer Kumas in their axle to axle and shrinks it down to 30 inches to make it more maneuverable, more compact reduce some weight in the overall <clears throat> weight of the bow for the bow hunter, whether they're backcountry hunting or just deer hunting in their local back 40, um, but with no sacrifice of speed or performance. <clears throat> so those are the top of the line bows. If you're wanting to know what bear bow has to offer, those are the top of the line bows. And all three of those Kuma models, Kuma 30, um, Kuma and Kuma LD, all of those models right now are $899. So you got to go to a local dealer who's carrying those to find that bow, though. So, I mean, you can go check them out online, see what they are, click on the Find Your Dealer button and see if there's one um, within your area, and then just shoot it, right? I mean, you need to try it out and see if it's what you need. Yeah. That's really, that's really cool. You guys have a, you really have covered it from, uh, you know, all the way from the basics to really, I mean, I would call that super premium. An $899 bow is, is not cheap, mm -hmm. but you know, everyone that's shot a good bow and knows that you're not going to get a cheap bow for or a good bow for cheap. It's just not, that's just not how it works, but that's cool. I would encourage people to go, go shoot one of those. If you're really looking for a, you know, top of the line bow. Right. For so sure. what is your, what does your promotional, your pro staff look like um, for Bear and across, you know, all your other brands that you, you know, that you encapsulate? Because I just, some people that are listening are going to want to, you know, they take a lot of pride in promotional staffs and like to be a part of things like that. So mm -hmm. what is, what does that look like for you guys? Well, um, those guys are the guys that are going to be at your local shoot go to you know the local cabela's but they're going to be the most knowledgeable guys in the bow hunting community that are going to know how to do things i mean they may work at your local shop right i mean they may be in there shooting you know tournaments all the time they're gonna they're gonna be great hunters and i really am very picky on who is on my pro staff our our pro staff receive you know, product for, for free, um, you know, and in return, we ask them to promote and be an extension of our sales team. Right. So while I would say, um, if you think that you are one of those guys, then, you know, let me know or contact us and, and see we're constantly getting, um, those people. But what I will say is, I'm very extensive in my research of who it is, what they do, and from an omni-channel perspective of who they are as a person and what they can do for our brand, I'm very picky. Um, so 
if you want to try to get there, start shooting our bow and get out there and capture content, share it with other individuals, what you're doing and be an educator, you know, get more people into hunting. That's how you become a pro staffer. And I think the, the word pro staff, you know, is kind of getting a little bit skewed. Like I, I don't necessarily call my pro staffers really pro staffers too much anymore. Um, I call them team members and they're a part of the bear team um, because pro staff just gets this connotation that you're being paid to push a product. And it's like, while yeah, I'm giving them product to promote, these guys want to shoot our bows because they love our bows. And so they're only pushing the product because they love it. They're not being paid or endorsed to do it because as soon as one of those guys comes out of the woodwork and I understand that that's really what he's doing, I don't want that to be a part of what we're doing here at Bear. That's awesome, man. I think you're really taking a wise approach. I've been a part of pro staffs in the past where they're really only focused on numbers, like getting a lot of group numbers and selling $150 pro staff packs. And that's really not what this is supposed to be about. I think the approach you guys are taking at Bear is, is a really great one to pro staffing. You're really going deep and not super wide. And that actually makes people feel like they accomplished something when they're part of your pro staff. And I just really like what you guys are doing around that. Right. Yep, exactly. So wrapping up here, man, what direction do you think you guys are headed and what are some things that you all are excited about at Bear? Oh, man, there's it, it varies across different lines, right? I mean, you know, we, we have crossbows, we've got traditional bows, we've got, you know, our compound bows and just some other things. But, you know, within the, the bow category, um, you know, some new technology, I guess, is what I would chalk it up to and and not give too much out there to the consumer yet but new technology and bare bows that you haven't really seen before is coming so if someone wants to keep up with the bear brand and ul story where's the best place for them to do that um shoot follow us on on facebook and instagram and youtube um you know you can just search through Facebook Bear Archery or Trophy, well, it's not Trophy Ridge. Trophy Ridge is our accessories line, but follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, um, and then you can learn more about all of the bows. Not only if you go into you know a dealer, a big box store, or whatever, but you can go online to beararchery.com to check them out and and really see kind of what the line looks like and what your options are. Before you even go to a dealer or a store, just go there and check them out and, and see what what you probably need to shoot. Well, Jack, thank you so much for the time, man. I'm excited to follow up with more podcasts where we can dig a little bit deeper into the other products that are in your line, like Trophy Ridge and your Broadhead line and stuff like that. And I hope the listener got a more in-depth look into who Bear Archery is and what you all are about. Right. I appreciate it, and thanks for thanks for having me and. You know, one thing that that uh, Fred Bear always said is, you know, if you're uh, if you're shooting a bow, you're gonna have a lot less stress in your life. <laughs> so get out and shoot. Awesome, a bow. man. Hey guys, thank you so much for consuming the Hunter's Advantage podcast. We really appreciate it, and we really do do the podcast for you all. And just to stay in tune with that and what you guys want to hear. 
feel free to message us on Facebook or Instagram on who you would like to see on the podcast next.